0: Alright, there's a lot to cover this morning. Are you ready? I'd like to continue our teaching on the book of uh, Thessalonians. And so just uh, put away the handphone, put away all uh, the search and all the things. Please, just give me your concentration. This is a very, very important topic that, I, uh, that we are going uh, to cover even this morning. All right, We've been talking about a people of hope. We have touched on the various uh, uh, chapters, all right, from chapter 1, two, 3, 4 on hope. And last week, we talked about the blessed hope. We talked about what's going to happen during that time. The Thessalonian Christians were kind of concerned about their loved ones who died before the coming of the Lord. What's going to happen to them? What's the run of events? What's the chronology? What's going to happen? That's the question that they asked. And Paul gave us a very uh, clear answer in that regard. And it's called the blessed hope. When Christ himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the trump of God, with the voice of an archangel, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the air to meet the Lord in the air, and there we shall be with him forever. Wow, what a powerful, encouraging words from the Lord. But now we are going to go into chapter 5, chapter 5, verse 1 to verse 11. I will just read to you verse 1 to verse 3 Although the text is taken from verse 1 to verse 11 Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers You have no need to have anything written to you For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord Will come like a thief in the night While people are saying there is peace and security Then sudden destruction will come upon them as labour pains come upon a pregnant woman and they will not escape. This passage of scripture talks to us about the day of the Lord. Chapter 4, we talk about the blessed hope. But now Paul talks about the day of the Lord. And that's what we're going to focus on this morning. The Bible clearly tells us that there is coming a great and terrible day of the Lord. What is this day of the Lord? When is it going to happen? And what is going to take place? First of all, we have to understand the day of Yahweh fits into God's end time agenda. Do you know that God has an agenda for us and for this world? Sometimes we think that things are just running at random And we do not know where the world is headed. And we think that people, politicians are the ones in control. No. God is still in control. Somebody say Amen. Amen. And He has an agenda. He has a plan. He has a program. For us and for this earth. Let's understand God's end time agenda. It says here, verse 1 and verse 2, now concerning the times and the seasons. The word now tells us that Paul is talking about another subject already. Previously, last week, we talked about chapter 4, verse 13 to verse 18 about the blessed hope. It says, now... So it is a different subject, distinguished from what he has discussed previously and yet not totally unrelated. It is still related, but he's talking about, hey, let me tell you something else. Besides all that we have been talking about, let me tell you something else. So Paul is not talking about the rapture or the return of the Lord now, but it is still related and it is following the rapture. So we have to understand that the second coming of Christ is a series of events. Alright, so sometimes when you hear, oh the second coming of the Lord, it is as if it is only one event. No, it is a series of events. The first event is the return or the rapture. We talked about that last week already. Christ is coming for the saints. Alright, that's the rapture or what we know as the return of Christ. And then the second series is the day of the Lord. Known also as the tribulation. And we will come back to that in a little while. And then the third one is the revelation. Christ coming with the saints. Alright, it is with the saints this time. Not for the saints, but with the saints and the mighty angels of God. So it is a series of events that we are talking about. Here we have the Old Testament times before the cross, and then Jesus died on the cross. And then from then until now, we are living in the church age. All right, the church age is called the church age. And then at the end of the church age, there will be the rapture. We talked about that last week. All right, the rapture of the saints. And then after that, there will be the tribulation, and then there will be the second coming followed by Armageddon and the Millennium. So we have here, in other words, we have the two parts of Christ's coming, the rapture and the revelation, or the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And throughout we have the church age. And you want to find out what about the church age? Alright, it is found in the book of Revelation, chapter 1 to chapter 3. And then in chapter 4, you find that the church has already been raptured. And what happens is uh, on earth, And so you'll find the two parts of Christ's return Let us not confuse uh, that at all So you'll find that the return of Christ Actually is a series of events It's a series of events That will start off with the rapture Then the tribulation And then the revelation of Christ And then Armageddon And then the millennium And after that we have eternity forevermore Are we clear on that? You get it? Okay, good so you find that there, is a, uh, there are differences between the rapture and the revelation. So here he appears in the heaven, he's for the church, he returns to earth, you know, and uh, here he is the bridegroom. but at the revelation he will be the king of kings. Alright? Now there's a lot of uh, things that are said about the rapture and the revelation. I will now go through all of these. Now don't worry. Uh, for for, uh, uh, I I have to go quite fast. I know you know. So if you try to take notes, you'll be frustrated. So uh, don't please don't be angry with me. This will be available to you. You know, in, uh, or on the web, all right? Or uh, uh, Even the PowerPoint or everything, you want it, okay, you can have it. So I know it's kind of hard to copy everything down, but you can have it if you just request it, you can have even all the PowerPoints. So Paul says here, now concerning the times and the seasons. Now we come to the times and the seasons, all right? Now, in the New English Translation, it talks about the times and seasons. But the New American Standard, it talks about the times and epochs, and the NIV times and dates occurs only three times in the Bible: Daniel two twenty-one, Acts one 7, and right here, 1 Thessalonians chapter five, verse one. Times here talks about chronos, chronological time, a period of time. It is an elapsed time or a duration Of time, all right. So it's that lapse of time, chronology. That's where we get the English word, all right. Focus on the interval here between Christ's first coming and death on the cross and uh, the second coming at the end of the age. So it's a chronological, all right, a period of time, the times and the seasons. Seasons here is kairos, alright? The kairos moment, the opportune moment, that defining moment within that framework of time. Alright? So you find that uh, kairos happened within the chronos, and so the times and the seasons is a frequent, it, it has been used uh, uh, in three different uh, t- occasions in the Bible to talk especially about the end times, you know? So the times and the seasons, Many of these uh, uh, relate to the signs of the times and the end of the age. Is concerning the times and the seasons. When? You know, are all these things going to take place? The disciples during the days of Jesus also asked the same question. When? 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 And how do we know that these things are taking place? There will be signs of the last days. And you can find it in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. All of them talk about the signs of the last days, right? In different uh, passages of scriptures uh, uh, with different emphases. Wars and the distress of nations hey, It's happening right now. I can give you an up-to-date information on this, but uh, it will take a class, all right? Not a, a Sunday uh, service, you know. And uh, the distress of nations is happening, all right? Earthquakes. Alright, it's happening now, you know, and uh, yesterday there was an announcement also of earthquakes that hit different parts of the world. It is more frequent now than ever, and 2,000 years ago, it was already predicted in the Bible when nobody heard about earthquake. Maybe it happened, but nobody heard about it because they don't have that fast communication even. It's an, as in the days of Noah, gospel be preached, tribulation, false Christ. And signs in the sun, moon and stars So there are many signs Signs of his coming, national and political Regathering of Israel as a nation Liberation of other nations Wars, nations against nations Economic gap widens There will be the cosmic nature Signs of his coming Earthquakes in diverse places you know, famine and pestilence Fearful and great signs Roaring waves Luke chapter 21-25 It was only in recent years that we heard about tsunamis But it was already in the Bible As one of the signs of the coming of the Lord Tsunamis, roaring waves How did the Bible know about it? Hi, hey, this is Bible prophecy Which is accurate right up to the dot. And there will be signs of his coming, the religious signs. There'll be many, many of these signs that are happening. All right. And actually, it's it's already happening all around us. And as somebody says, I'm not looking for signs anymore, because they are all there already. I'm not looking, but I am listening for the trumpet sound. I'm just bracing my ear to hear the trumpet call. And to be caught up. But nevertheless, there are some people with all the signs uh, and uh, 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 with all the craze on the signs, the times, and the seasons, they begin to set dates for the coming of the Lord. There are many date settings. In AD 135, a person by the name of Montanus already said that Jesus is coming back in that year. Hippolytus says Jesus is coming back in 235. And then nearer to us There is William Miller He prophesied that Jesus will come back On March 21st, 1842 When that did not happen He revised that date to April the 3rd, 1843 When that did not happen He revised it to October 22nd, 1844 None of it happened September 1988 Edgar Wiseman He wrote 88 reasons why Jesus Christ will come back in 1988. And that book sold 4 million copies. Wow, he made a profit out of it. And when it did not happen in 1988, again he revised the date to 89, 1989. 1990, it did not happen. Jack Van Im... Uh, Say that Jesus will come back In 2008 or 2013 It did not happen Harold Campin Who is a NASA engineer Prophesied that Jesus will come back On May 21st, 2011 And as you know We are still around And then as early as uh, December 21st, 2012 How many of you remember The Mayan calendar? They say that it will happen. It did not, and even last year, all right, John Hagee, you know, talk about the four blood moon, the lining up of the uh, 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 of the planners and the Rosh Hashanah, the celebration of the Jewish feast. September came and have gone by. So all these prophecies, so-called, date settings have failed and have been refuted. Is Jesus coming back? When is he coming back? Paul already said, now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need. Everybody say, no need. You have no To have anything written to you For you yourselves are fully aware You already know Paul says It will come like a thief in the night So we do not need All these date settings actually The moment somebody set a date Or even a month or even a year Forget it You don't need that Paul says I have already instructed you When I was with you Concerning these things And you are fully aware it will come like a thief in the night. In other words, that date setting is even prohibited. The disciples ask, when? When are these things going to happen in Acts chapter 1? And the angel says, why do you ask for dates?" Our Lord Jesus himself said in Matthew 24 verse 36, No one knows, not even the Son of God in the flesh, when he was in the flesh, no one knows but the Father only. Last week I told you, I'm going to tell you when it's going to happen. Right now, now you got the answer. Are you happy or not? It's not the kind of answer, but well, Paul says, you do not need to know. All right? You do not need to have anything further said to you. The day of the Lord. Now, early on we are talking about like a thief in the night. The rapture will happen in that manner. And the day of the Lord also will come like a thief in the night. Paul talks about the day of the Lord. And Peter, 2 Peter 3.10, the day of the Lord will come. Everybody say, will come. come." Alright. Although we do not know when, will it happen? It will come. It is with full certainty. It does not say, may come. But it will definitely happen. This is the third sure thing that will happen. The first thing, sure thing that, that the, 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 the first certainty in life is death. Second certainty in, in life is taxes. You will be taxed. And the third thing is the coming of the Lord. The day of the Lord Will come. So we need to understand some of the distinctives of the day of the Lord. What, what is the Bible talking about? When we talk about the day of the Lord. You See, there are many references in the Bible concerning the day of the Lord. In fact, the phrase the day of the Lord, the day of Yahweh, the day of Christ, you know, these appear. At least 34 times in the Bible. How many times? 34 times, all right? From Joel, as for the day of the Lord, it is at hand. Multitudes in the valley of decision, for the day of the Lord is near. The great day of the Lord is near. Zephaniah and uh, Amos and Isaiah, all these prophets, they talk about the day of the Lord. It is important. Definitely. so, that, so much so that all the prophets, many of the prophets in the Old Testament talk about the day of the Lord. What is the day of the Lord? It is a period of time. It is not a single 24-hour day, alright? The day of the Lord is a period of time that begins right after the rapture of the church, covering a period of seven years through what is known as the tribulation, and maybe even concluding at the end of the millennium. The day of the Lord is also known as the time of Jacob's distress in Jeremiah 37. It is the time of Daniel's 70th week in Daniel chapter 9, verse 24 to 29. And also the tribulation that's mentioned in the Gospels and in the Revelation. That's the day of the Lord in other words according to Daniel all right. so we have to relate to Daniel we have to relate with uh, a book of Revelation for a fuller understanding Daniel talks about the 70 weeks in his prophecy in Daniel chapter 9 but the, the 70 weeks is broken up into 400, uh, uh, into 69 weeks and one week All right, 69 weeks and one week Daniel talks about it so you will find that uh, the four hundred, uh, the sixty-nine weeks, the seventy weeks of Daniel, and then after that, uh, 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 with with the with the crucifixion of the Messiah, and then after that, there is the gap, the Church Age, all right, and then the seventieth week will begin in Daniel chapter nine verse twenty-seven, and it will begin with the rapture of the Church. Now, whether you believe in the like. like uh, what we have said last week The pre-tribulation At the beginning of the tribulation In the middle, the mid-trip Or the post-trip Alright, the rapture will happen And that encompasses Daniel's 70th uh, week So it is uh, uh, during the time of the tribulation That has been mentioned here Now for a greater understanding Go back, go, go forward into the book of Revelation The main characteristics and events During the day of the Lord during the tribulation period, is found in the book of Revelation. Alright, now you find that Paul just talks talks about it in just three verses actually. And then after that, the rest of the verses, he talks about how to prepare for it. He's more concerned in the preparation for it than in just the the, the nature or the characteristics. But for the characteristics, for the distinctives of the day of the Lord, you find that it is found in Revelation. Alright, here we have... Uh, uh, The the first three chapters of Revelation It happens on earth John was in the island of Patmos Alright And then this part here That's colored uh, uh, From chapter 4 of the book of Revelation Until chapter 18 or 19 You find that this colored portion here Is actually the day of the Lord Or the tribulation And what is going to happen The Bible is very clear about it. From Revelation chapter 4 to chapter 18, in all these chapters, it describes for us what is going to take place on earth during that day, that great and terrible day of the Lord. So we will not go into this. And then after that, you'll find, of course. uh, uh, then the triumphant return of Jesus Christ or the revelation of Christ, the setting up of the millennium, and here before that, of course, there is Armageddon, that great war, all right, is going to happen. So the Bible is very clear about all of these things already. But the main passage where you find descriptions of what happens during the day of the Lord is uh, found in Revelation chapter uh, 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 4 to. Uh, 19 so go back and uh, Read it but here In this passage 1st Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 2 to 3 you know, Here we have the three distinctives of the Day of the Lord it will come Unexpectedly like a Thief in the night it will be destructive Sudden destruction When people cry out peace And security there will be Sudden dis- destruction And also it will be Inescapable Inescapable. Sorry, one word is missing here. When is the day of the Lord? All right. When is the day of the Lord? Now we are not going into times and seasons here. It's not necessary, but at least Paul tell us. All right. He just gave us two things, two indications of whether the day of the Lord has come or not you see what happened is now we are going into second Thessalonians in first Thessalonians paul has already written to them and like in this passage and in other passages he talks about the coming of the Lord and after that what happens is some people came in and begin to trouble the Thessalonian Christians and begin to say the day of the Lord has already arrived it has already happened. And so when you read 2 Thessalonians, you find that Paul wrote Second Thessalonians because again, 1 Thessalonians, you know, after writing 1 Thessalonians, the Christians were still confused. Are you confused about the end time events or not? If you are confused, you are not alone. The Thessalonian Christians were also confused. After Paul wrote the first letter, they were still confused. And so Paul had to write a second letter. That's why in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, he says, don't, don't let anybody trouble you now. Whether by writing or by hearing or by prophecy, don't let anybody trouble you now. Let me tell you what is going to happen before the day of the Lord. Because they already said, the day of the Lord has happened. But as in the days of Paul and even right now, the day of the Lord has not yet arrived. There are indications of when the day of the Lord arrives. And Paul says, it has not yet arrived. The first thing that will happen is the rapture, as we say. The commencement of the day of the Lord. The rapture must take place first. That is the signal of the beginning of the day of the Lord That's the first thing Paul confirms that believers Are not going to be here Because we are not of the night But of the day 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 4-5 to five. So the church will be removed Before the day of the Lord 2 Thessalonians 2, 1 Concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ And our being gathered to Him So Paul addressed the issue and shows us that the day of the Lord has not yet arrived because something must happen before that and the first thing is the rapture the gathering of the saints as I said last week we believe in the pre-tribulational view of the return of the Lord that means Jesus Christ will come back, receive His bride for Himself, and then after that, the world will go through the tribulation. The church will not go through it. And 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9 here, it says, For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. The wrath of God. For those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, God has not appointed us for wrath, And so what happens is, again here, very clear, the rapture, then the tribulation, the day of the Lord, the appearing of the Lord. Alright? So I hope that you are clear even on this. Now, others may argue, whether it's pre-trip, post-trip, a-millennial, post-millennial, pre-millennial, don't worry about all of those things. Alright? And uh, there are different arguments on this, but this is what we as a church believe. Now the second thing that we know That the day of the Lord has not arrived Is because of the revelation of the Antichrist The revelation of the Antichrist Must happen first The revelation of the Antichrist Will signal the day of the Lord 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 3 to verse 12 Let no one deceive you in any way Say, I will not be deceived Okay, let no one deceive you in any way For that day will not come. All right? The day of the Lord will not come. Paul said it very clearly unless something else must happen first. The rebellion comes first and the man of lawlessness or the man of sin is revealed. This man of sin, the man of lawlessness, is what we call the Antichrist. Now we can speculate who the Antichrist is. There are many, many people who have had all kinds of speculation. Some said before that it was Hitler, it was Lenin, it was Stalin, it was Gorbachev, and all Russia, and then Americans won. All right, they, know they have all kinds of uh, a prophecy concerning who the Antichrist is. And in our modern world, who do you think is the Antichrist? You can speculate, alright But the Bible only says The man of lawlessness must come first Now, we do not know who the guy is (laughs) We do not know who the guy is But we know the characteristics What are the characteristics of this Antichrist? The coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan. That means he will be possessed with the power of Satan. With all signs and wonders, he will do great signs and wonders. Not a normal human being. Miracles. With all wicked deception for those who are perishing. He will be adored by the whole world with the miraculous signs and wonders that he can do by the power of Beelzebub. He will deceive even the very elect because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. Therefore, God sends them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false. And one of the things that he will do in first Thessalonians again, chapter 2, verse 3 to 4, he will ascend to the temple of God, displaying himself as being God. Look at that. That's what the Antichrist will do. He situates himself against God and presents, presents himself as God. He shows himself with signs and with lying wonders. In fact, the Bible here talks about he entering to the temple of God. Now we are talking about the temple mount here. The temple that will be rebuilt in the last days. They say that all the materials have been gathered and they have even started building. I don't know what's the latest now. But some say, oh, the temple mount cannot be rebuilt because it is situated at the same place as the Dome of the Rock, the Al-Aqsa Mosque. How can it be? But others have said, no, no, no. The Temple Mount is actually 100 feet away. It's not on the same place. And they're already beginning to build there. But whatever it is, this is what is going to happen. And he will enter into the temple. And this is what Jesus Christ, Matthew chapter 24, Mark chapter 13, talks about the abomination of desolation. He will enter into that temple. Proclaim himself even as God, the abomination of desolation, and this is going to take place first. What else will he do? He will be the peacemaker. First Thessalonians five two and three, peace and security. The Middle East has never known peace and security for a long time. But he will come. He will bring peace and security in that region, but for only three and a half years. Israel will sign a treaty. And, and after three and a half years That treaty will be broken The next three and a half years During that seven year tribulation Is known as the great tribulation Nobody, none of us wants to be around In those days He will be a peace breaker And he will persecute Those who want to profess God, God in their lives there are many other things that he will do. We, are, we don't have time, even for that. He will set up even a one-world one world government, one religious system, and uh, uh, in the book of Revelation, all right, the power behind him is Satan, and he will cause people to worship Satan. That's the Antichrist, but he's not here yet. What's happening? What is holding back the Antichrist, or who is holding back the Antichrist? Second Thessalonians chapter 2 continues to tell us And now you know what is restraining that he may be revealed in his own time For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way and then the lawless one will be revealed In other words there is a power that is holding back the Antichrist Who is that power? Now, Bible scholars differ on who Paul is referring to in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses to 8. He who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. What does it mean? For us and for many Bible scholars, we believe that it is a reference to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is restraining the world, otherwise, it would have been doomed to destruction morally, spiritually, it would have been doomed to destruction already. Evil would have been so widespread if not for the restraining power of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is still at work in this world. But God has already said even in Genesis, I will not struggle. I will not strive with men forever. The moment that the Holy Spirit is removed, it will be terrible for the world. And so right now, it's the Holy Spirit working through the church. We who are indwelt with the power of the Holy Spirit, we are also the restrainers in that sense. But when the church is removed, when the Holy Spirit is taken out of the way, and then the lawless one will be revealed, the Antichrist will come forth in full force. And when he comes forth in full force, he'll be there for about seven years. But look at how it will all end. Will he rule forever? Carrying on in 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 8. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. That's the revelation of Jesus Christ that we are talking about. When Jesus Christ comes at the end of the seven-year tribulation with his saints and with his mighty angels, it will be the end of the Antichrist. When the, and Second and Thessalonians, Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 7-12 to 12, talks about the same thing. In verse 7 it says, When the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, now there will be Armageddon when Jesus Christ is going to come. It will be revealed at the end of the tribulation. There will be Armageddon. 200 million will fight. How can this great army be mess? You want to know about the great war that's going to happen? It's interesting. You read, You read Psalms 83. It talks about the nations and all these are Arab nations. Cush, Ethiopia, and Libya and all those other nations Although in, 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 in Psalms 83 All the names of the nations are in the Old Testament times The names of, in, in, during those days But in, you know, if you compare it to the modern day names of these nations It will surprise you But how will it all end? There will be the great army There will be the great battle at Armageddon Will there be a physical fight? Will there, be, will there be bombs and nuclear war and all that? Actually, it's very easy for Christ to defeat the whole armies of the earth. He says how? With the breath of his mouth. That's all it takes. There's no need for any physical fighting. With the breath of his mouth, inflaming fire. That's it. He just commands it, he just breathes fire in that sense figuratively, or perhaps even literally. And Satan, the destruction of the Antichrist will take place. Somebody say, Amen! So you find that at the end of the day, God wins. Who wins? God wins. All right, men may plot all kinds of things. They think that they are powerful. But the Bible is very clear already how all these things will end. But I pray that we will all be raptured before the day of the Lord. But there will be those who miss it. And it will be terrible days if we miss it. Will there be people who will be saved during the tribulation? I believe so. It is then that they will be forced to take the mark of the beast. The Antichrist will force everybody then to take the mark of the beast. Don't take it. Because once we do that, all right, the Bible here tells us what will happen not just to, to, to the Antichrist in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. When He comes in that day to be glorified in the saints, to be admired among all those who believe. And I pray that we will be among all those who believe. But now is a time of grace. Now is a period of God's mercy that those who do not believe as yet will believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and escape from the wrath to come. So, in a nutshell, this is what will happen. The church is, church raptured, Second coming of Christ, Revelation. But in between, there are the seven-year tribulation. What will happen is all in the book of Revelation. There will be the seven seals, the seven trumpets, the seven bowls. The four horsemen, famines, wars, and all the atrocities that will happen. The sun and the moon, that will be turned to blood. Signs in the heavens, signs on earth, everything. But now is the time for us to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and to commit our life even to Him. And so, concerning the times and the seasons, the day of the Lord will come. How do we prepare for the day of the Lord? How do we prepare for the day of the Lord? Verse 6, so then let us not sleep as others do. But let us keep awake and be sober. Bible here says, Christians, we should not be surprised by these final events. It will come as a thief in the night. It will definitely come. Though it delayed, though it tarried, it will definitely come. So what's our responsibility? You see, the, the, the reason, the purpose of End time prophecy is not just to shake us up. It's not just to arouse our curiosity or satisfy our curiosity. No, it is meant to change our lives that we may be prepared, that we may have hope when others do not have hope already. We have a unique responsibility. He says here, so then, okay, after you have heard all about the blessed hope and the day of the Lord, what are we to do? So then. And therefore, Paul says, so then, be alert. Have that attitude of watchfulness. Watch. That means to be awake, to be watchful, to, to stay alert all the times. A visitor visited a farm one day and saw that you know that big orchard was so well taken care of. It was bearing fruit and and the ground was clean, everything was so clean. And the visitor just asked the guy, hey, do you do you own this orchard? He says, No, 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 I'm just a caretaker. I'm taking care for my master. And where's your master? Oh, he's away, he says he's overseas. He's gone overseas. And when was the last time that he was back? Oh, he hasn't been back for 12 years. 12 years? 12 years he hasn't been back and the place is so immaculate, so clean. He said, yeah. So when is your master coming back? Well, the caretaker says, I expect him to come back today or tomorrow. And for the past 12 years, I've been expecting him to come back today or tomorrow. Some of us think, oh, he will not come back yet. So therefore, I uh, let you know, uh, lep out here and there. Never mind, leave it unclean, you know. Uh, No. We have to keep our lives clean. We have to be on the watch, on the alert. It will come as a thief in the night. And the problem with thieves is they don't tell you when they are coming in. Right or not? Can you just imagine somebody, you know, you know, just announcing, oh, I'm going to come in and rob your house at such and such a time. No, the thieves never do that. And some of us on Facebook, can you just imagine? You go on Facebook and you announce to the people, hey, I'm going to uh, America on such and such a date. And I got 50,000 stash under the bed. And you know, I got uh, my wedding ring and, and, and all the gifts, all right, uh, in the cupboard. You know, and you post it on Facebook and you go away. What will happen? Oh, you are attracting the thieves to come in. You may not know the day and the hour, but you find that the thieves will definitely come. Brothers and sisters, be alert. You know that song, Come In Again? Huh? I, 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 my voice is not good, but let me try that. How many of you know the song, coming Again? Come in again, come in again. Maybe morning, maybe noon, maybe evening, and maybe soon. Come in again, come in again. Oh, what a wonderful day it will be. Jesus is coming again. <laughs> Hallelujah! Am I the only one who knows that song? Oh, John, you were singing. You should have louder, man. <laughs> it's a beautiful song, and I prepared this message. And after last week's message, that was the song that was bursting in my heart. Be alert. Be sober Sober means self-control Have self-control in everything What we do What we say Self-control So watch and be sober And besides that also Put on the protection of God's armor Faith, love and hope The three greatest things Put on the protection of God's armor You need that It's not going to be easy times It's going to be hard times But put it on And then lastly, verse 11 Minister to one another The first three things you do for yourself Be alert, be sober Put on the protection of God's armor And then we minister to one another To comfort or encourage one another To build up, to edify one another That's what we must do to one another not discourage, not distract not to deceive, not to you know, disparage anybody, but always seeking to build up the body of Christ, can we do that? can we do that? encourage one another, whatever tough times that the person may be going through, don't worry the Lord is coming and when he comes, he will set everything right, he will redeem his church even the bride for himself encourage build up one another Just as you are doing The Bible says In fact first uh, Another version says So speak encouraging words To one another Build up hope So you will all be together in this No one left out No one left behind I know you are already doing this Just keep on doing it Keep on doing it Somebody say Amen Hallelujah The day of the Lord is coming Hallelujah! Let's give the Lord a big hand.